Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets, and it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to ufy.com. That's eufy.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum, for only $799. Curiosity. It's a trait that is as entwined with humanity as our lust for warfare. Are you not supposed to say hello, welcome to goats? True. I forgot about. I that was part. like, this is a hello, funny. welcome to goats. <laughs> I was like, this is interesting. It's <laughs> an interesting spin. Yeah, sorry. I just started reading directly from my script, and I forgot to. I normally actually write down an intro yeah. of like, hey, yeah. welcome、Same. to goats, but I just didn't this time. I just just wrote like. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's have to improvise. Hello there. Welcome to Goats, your favorite G E O T S E <laughs> on the internet. That doesn't make sense. G E G E. Yeah, I know. Goats. Immediately. Welcome to Goats. Welcome to Goats. Hello, welcome to Goats. <laughs> <laughs> All of this stays. This is this is it.、Um, how are you being? <laughs> this is it, Lenny. This is the intro. Yeah, how you boys been? <laughs> I've been alright, you know. I mean, I went and saw my boat on the weekend, which was pretty fucking wild. Nice.、Um, I have to say, it was. I don't know about this because I've never I've never had a child, but. What people tell me about having a kid is like when you have a kid, everyone's like,、oh, "It's going to be amazing! It's going to be amazing!、Mm. It's going to be amazing!" And then when you first see it, you're like, "What the fuck am I going to do with this?"、Mm, nah, I've heard the opposite. Nah, wh- what? It's more having a kid is the opposite. It's more like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever! Look at it! Oh, this is this like this is my seed. You know, this is my DNA. This is incredible." And then they start crying, and you're like, "Oh, that's that's kind of annoying." And then they like six months later, no sleep. You're like, really getting annoying now. And then like when they're two, they're throwing tantrums and like throwing plates across the room. You're like, very annoying. And then if they make it past four, still, you know, and you haven't beaten them, then yeah, good job. Well, fair. <laughs> But yeah, the one thing I I I was very very excited and I was buzzing and I was buzzing and I was buzzing. And then sort of some point about. Maybe the night before or two nights before, me and Luce went to actually go and see it. Now we bought it. I just was like, "Shit, <laughs> we bought a fucking boat." Yeah. Oh my、mm. fucking god, we're gonna live on、buyer's、a boat. Buyer's remorse. Not, buyer's remorse, right? Not like buyer's remorse, but like buyer's realization. Yeah. And like, obviously, I'm very excited. And like, when we actually yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about it, and like, it's a really exciting, fun prospect. But like, the reality of it slaps us both、mm. in the face. And there was a bit where we were both just still on the boat, just looking at each other, like. 
We have to live in a fucking boat now. <laughs> we live on a boat. Like we actually live on a boat now. We are boat people. And that's great. And it's like really exciting. Oh, and like yeah. it's an adventure and all that stuff. But there was like there was about an hour where I was just sort of walking around this boat being like, Yep, yeah, that's where I'm gonna shit. That's where I'm gonna sleep. That's where I'm gonna watch the telly. On a boat. Um <laughs> On a boat. Anyway, your your life on a boat. Reminds me of something. It reminds me of an adventure. And speaking of an adventure, we've got a little a little adventure today. Boop, ahoy. And so, without further ado, curiosity. See, this is the bit I wrote down. This feels vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. It's a trait that's as entwined with humanity as our lust for war. Now, curiosity may have killed the cat, but it also gave us fire. Without this crucial trait, humanity would have never grown to where it is today. And those who are most curious about the unknown have always been at the forefront of our discoveries and technological advancements. Now, from the uncharted territories of the ancient worlds to the very edge of our solar system, these brave few, who can call themselves explorers, have pushed the boundaries of human knowledge. But who could claim to be the most adventurous of them all? Which explorer had the greatest positive impact on humanity? These are some pretty big questions to answer, but thankfully, that's the job of my two co-hosts today, Morgan Sebek, who I forgot to also uh, introduce. Stop, sorry. Yeah. And I'm Vinny. <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> How do you do? Uh, so, which one of you two wants to tell me who the greatest explorer of all time is? Can I? You go ahead, mate. Right. Mork, take it away. Exploration is defined as the act of exploring an unfamiliar area. And I was thinking about this definition and what we think of great explorers going into African jungles and discovering places like America and exploring deserts. And all of that sounds really cool and big. But as I thought more deeply about it, it's not really exploring when you think about it. And the reason I say that is because when someone goes and explores some deep part of Africa, it's only really unfamiliar from their perspective. Mm -hmm. And let's just look at an example. Christopher Columbus, one of the greatest explorers of all time. Everyone says that. He explored the Caribbean and South America, but really, he actually didn't. He only explored those places from a European perspective because we'd never been there before, so we're exploring that place and learning about it. But for all the people who've already lived there for thousands of years, it's not unfamiliar territory at all. It's their home, it's been charted and mapped for thousands of years. It's familiar as Europe was to Columbus. And so when I was having this little thought experiment... I decided I'm not going to pick someone shit like Columbus, who's a fake explorer and done fake exploration. I'm going to pick a real explorer. Okay. And my first thought about, well, I was like, right, I need to find an actual unfamiliar territory to all humans, um, not just from one European's perspective. Mm. And so my first thought was the ocean, which which is, Mm. you know, you might not know this, but humans don't actually live in the ocean. What? So it's unfamiliar to humans, yeah. 
I know. We don't actually... That is brand new information. Despite what Busted said, in the year 3000, we'll all be living underwater. We actually probably won't be. Like, we don't we don't live in the ocean and that. Can I quote you on that? That's brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's quite funny to think that, like, if you, without any aid, go more than into the first point naught, 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 naught percent of the ocean, you will definitely die. Yeah. Like, if you go more than, like, 10 metres in, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have anything with you, like, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> like, I was watching Waterloo Road last night, which is an interesting topic, but this woman jumped into a canal, and I was like, damn, it is, the wa- water is so dangerous, it's so easy mm. to, like, kill yourself in the canal. Like, if you just jump in a body of water, and if you have yeah. the mental ability to just go like this, <gasps> you are dead, because you can't yeah. survive that, like as soon as you go and breathe in that water there's nothing you can do like yeah like Seb's saying if you go anywhere near the water you are going to die humans don't generally live there so imagine imagine buying something where you had to live like on it yeah on the water like a fucking <laughs> how crazy water person <laughs> now well we can't they, we can't say that yeah, water people <laughs> we're going to have to bleak that one out <laughs> I think that's a slur it's not a slur it's not Ooh. a slur they campaigned in the 70s over this, no, I think. No, they didn't. Shut up, Vinny. You know exactly what I'm talking about, you fucking twat. <laughs> but, they used to call them warbs. Shut up, Sam. Right. So the ocean, it hasn't really been explored properly because, as we just said, you can't go in the deep bits. We can't really go in there and just, like, walk about and that. And it's all got to be, like, you kind of... You've got to explore it from submarines. Like, you can't really go around mm. actually exploring the ocean. So not like, very deep anyway. Yeah, I was like, that's a bit fucking lame. Like, what? That's not proper exploring either, is it? It's not like cutting about there. You're just in a submarine. So then I thought about a, a guy who... He's a bit of a hero of mine, Richard Stanton. He is probably the world's greatest cave diver ever. And he's one of the guys who saved the kids' football team from the Thai cave, that Thai cave rescue which is an incredible story, which, hint, hint, might get covered by me on this show at some point, so no more about that. But Rick, as he's known, is a proper explorer. He's a proper explorer. He went to underwater caves and depths that no one has ever been to before. He laid lines down there and mapped them so now other people can go and traverse these places, not only with the exploration that he's done there, but also with the new techniques and skills that he actually invented to allow people to go and explore these completely unexplored places, which is really fucking cool. He is an absolute beast. That's cool. And it was really hard not to pick him. But I then had another thought and was like, what's more unfamiliar to humans than underwater caves? What's more out of this world? And... If you don't know, Ooh. and if you don't know where I'm headed with this, then look up to the sky right now and say to yourself, what's out there? How can we explore the stars, the most unfamiliar place in existence? And well, to finally, finally get to the point of this whole presentation and discuss the thing I'm actually actually discussing mm-hmm. in 1969 a three-man mission to the moon was undertaken 
to try and answer those very questions and go where no man has ever gone before. Out the bum. Now, they... (laughs) 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 My whole thing has been so intelligent and, like, rational and good arguments and this and that, and then you're just talking about up the bum. You're a deviant, That's a good counter-argument, to be fair. Er, if you don't ever put your penis inside itself, er, up the, go, go where you don't go, mate. Up the bum. Exactly, where no man's been before. I'm pretty sure a lot of blokes have been up the bum. Yeah, but there's got to be the first bloke who done it. Well, yeah, there would have been yeah. the first bloke who done it. He's a... Do you think it was a mistake or... Nah. Do you think it was just by mistake accident. or they were just they were going for it? He was curious. He he was yeah he was the Columbus of his time. Or <laughs> man, he first did it. Or she or he, whoever he was doing it with. I want to talk about exploration, not fucking right. shit and fuck. This three-man mission set off from the Kennedy Space Station on the sixteenth of July, nineteen sixty-nine, and after nice. f- flying through space for four days, the crew eventually approached the moon. How long did it take them to get to the moon? Four days. Oh, four days, sorry. I yeah. thought I meant f- four days. No, no, four yeah. days. Four days. Four, yeah. one, two, yeah. for days, three, four. Was no good. They're going for days, yeah. bro. <laughs> days, space for days. Yeah. Nah. They took them four days right. to get to the moon, which is the closest celestial object to the Earth. And on the 20th of July, at 17 minutes and 40 seconds past 8 o'clock that evening, universal time. That's like universe time. That doesn't take into account time zones. That's universe time, boy. That's why it's so exact. What? There's universal time, which is like the universal time. Isn't that just GMT? No, it's called UTC. It's universal time. I think I got one of them once. What? 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 How does it work? What? I don't know. Surely it's based on whatever you, wherever you're on. No, because I was like, trying to find the, the time moon. zone to say, you know, uh, 8 o'clock, 17 minutes and 40 seconds US time, but it says it's UTC, which is universal time. Universal time zone. UTC. Yeah, it's just GMT. It's just, if you type in, it's just yeah. 2047. Yeah, well, it sounds cooler as fucking UTC, oh, thought... <laughs> bro. It's universal time. Was... Universe. Stop killing my vibe. Anyway, that <laughs> evening, UTC, eight, 8 o'clock. Eight, 8 o'clock UK time. 40 <laughs> seconds past 17 minutes, past 8 o'clock UTC that evening. The lunar module touched down on the surface of the moon. And it was at that point with the entire world watching, that Neil Armstrong, the greatest explorer in human history, began his climb out of the lander, down the ladder, and started to step onto the surface of the moon, uttering the words, this is one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. I looked into this. He actually did say it right, and they can prove it, but the radio didn't pick up a man, and that's why everyone thought it was. So it's a kind of a reverse Mandela oh. effect. How crazy is that? Because I was like, Jen, did you know he said it wrong? Well, I went and Googled it, and it was like, no, he actually did say a man, and they can confirm it with the fucking mm. recordings and shit. So I changed it in my thing, because give him the, the credit. Sorry I interrupted you. No, that's all right, because I, I thought the same thing until I looked it up. That might be like one of the most epic fucking oh, so lines good. of all time. It's so oh, good. Yeah, like it genuinely might be. I think it's the best line ever because like 
Just think about it. One small step for a man. One giant leap for mankind. It like just has that way, and he says it in that way, and like, oh, you listen to it live. It's so fucking good. Has he ever talked about like how he came up with it? Was he just like on the way there? He was just thinking about like oh, I, I have know. to say something cool. I have to say something. Probably cool. I haven't I haven't heard about it, but yeah, I imagine he probably. Can you did. imagine the ones that like got lost on the writing board? Like yeah. Cowabunga, man. Yeah, to infinity and beyond. <laughs> like him and Buzz and the other Don't guy. Don't have a like, cow, man. Yeah. Like, um, Yeet. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he did just get excited and went like, woo, and then was like, oh, hang on. This is one monster. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's go. I one thing. If if he was thinking anything, let's go pog. This is so pog. Um, this is one pog step for man, but one really pog step for mankind. Buzz is on the cap for like, no, don't say that. Yeah. That's really cringe. Neil um, cringe alert. After saying these words, he then became the first person ever that we know of to leave Earth and then set foot on another place in the universe. and f- That we know of. N- fuck off, innit? <laughs> <laughs> From this moment on forever, in human history, despite whatever happens in the future, human beings will go down as a species that evolved enough that they left the planet they evolved on and set foot somewhere else. And that is fucking incredible. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I want to say right now... Please. Before all you fucking normies come at me, before all you lot come at me and be like, oh, well, like, it's just a rock and that. Like, there's nothing there. Like, it's not even important and that. Like, no one even cares about the moon. It's just a rock. You're wrong. You are so, so wrong. I feel like... um People only say that now that we've been to it and we're just like, yeah, it's just a rock. But I think like, I don't know. I feel like all throughout history, the moon's been this like super, like this this incredibly mystical thing Mm. that like there's just this big white thing in in the sky and it kind of changes what it looks like throughout the months. And it's just always there. Yeah. It's just always, always there. Like looking above, it's kind of like a second sun when you can you can see it really bright when the, the yeah. when it's uh when the sun has gone down and yeah it's just like i think there was a lot more allure around the moon until we visited it and yeah it was extremely desolate and it it wasn't made out of cheese like we all thought it might have been it's just mad to think that how pretty much everyone in human history has looked at the moon like through everyone. the last yeah. like 200,000 years everyone's looked at the moon and gone oh i wonder what that is and then some fucking geezer just stood on it. <laughs> it's crazy that, like, the moon that we see today, like, is pretty much the exact same moon they would have seen 10,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is so crazy exactly to me. Like, really. it's so... until, until, until he stood on it, it was the exact same moon. Well, I mean, there was probably some comets like that. Oh, hit yeah, it stuff probably hit it. Yeah, some, that's true. some craters well, made. Virtually, but yeah. More or less, it was yeah. the exact same, yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, like, yeah, you can... It does make sense to be like, oh, well, it's desolate. There's nothing there. Objectively, that is true. So therefore, you think it's not important. But actually, when you think about it like this, this is probably the greatest 
and on the grand the grand scale of things the biggest moment in human history on a species wide level yes there are moments in history that are you know just as important or people say more important you know stopping conflicts the invention of this thing and that thing but really all of those big moments are either solving issues that only exist because human them, humans themselves made them exist, like starting wars and then stopping them. That's just a human problem we created. So Ooh. how great is the achievement of stopping something that would it only exists with human intervention anyway? Or mm. by using resources that are already available to us on this planet to just solve something anyway. And sometimes that might be created by humans regardless. But leaving this planet and exploring somewhere else that's not on this planet is something that is just so fucking grand on a cosmic scale. Because, and you might not believe me, but there is more to the universe than just Earth. (laughs) A lot more to the universe than just Earth. You're, you're pumping out these great lines, good, by the way. You're really, really thought-provoking lines. This is good really shit. My mind really, yeah. <laughs> and as a species, to have evolved enough to be able to explore not the Earth, a little tiny sliver of what else is out there, even if it's just the moon, is fucking incredible. Like, it's incredible. The chances and the odds of that are astronomically small. To think of all the species that have ever existed on this planet, of all the species that have ever existed on this planet, 99.9% are extinct. 99.9% of all species ever existing on this planet are dead. And none of those left the Earth or evolved enough to do it. None of the ones... That we know of. Shut up. None of the ones that are still... (laughs) left on earth now that 0.1% that aren't extinct that are still here none of those left the earth either only us just humans we fucking beat all of those odds all that 99.9% of species ever existed died we were the only ones out of that fucking astronomical number to have the opportunity to evolve enough and get to the stage where we can you know and we didn't eradicate ourselves in World War Two, and destroy all human beings, we actually got to the point where we could do that. We are like the 0.0 fucking whatever million naught percent that managed, actually managed that feat of leaving the planet you evolve on and going somewhere else. Mm. Now think about the universe, the whole universe. Jesus Christ. How many species are out there, right? How many species are out there? Who knows? We don't know. But let's use Earth's numbers as, like, a reference, because that's all we do know. And let's say, well, if 99.9% of our species are extinct, we can probably presume that that happens on every other planet with life, so 99.9% of those species are extinct as well. And then the chances of all the ones that are left, as we know, because only one, us, managed to leave the planet we evolved on and go to the moon, the chances of that actually happening in the entire universe when you look at these numbers, as it did on Earth, are just as astronomically small, and they are in fact so small that potentially, and Brian Cox backed me up on this. Your mate Brian Cox. Because I, I spoke to him the other day. Yeah. 
No, I heard him talk about this. How, how's his but kids? potentially, <laughs> sound. I don't. Has he got kids? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> he might be gay for one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, my my, my bro. Coxie. Yeah, yeah, you're best <laughs> mate to him. You should day. know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, nah, he's not, he doesn't speak about his personal life. It's fine. But, okay. um, but anyway, if you apply those numbers to the rest of the universe, it's not crazy to assume or say, potentially, we could be one of the only species in the entire universe, if not the only species in the entire universe, that got to the intelligence level we did to be able to leave our planet. It is not unlikely, it's in fact very, very likely human beings are the most intelligent beings in the entire universe when you look when you do the numbers. And so then when you think, holy fuck, we might be the only species out of an almost infinite billions of galaxies, billions of stars and trillions, trillions, trillions of planets out there, some of which may have life on, we are the only ones to go from Earth to somewhere else that fucking blows your mind who, who said this brian cox yeah he said it's it could be likely that we are the most intelligent species out there it could be likely in the universe mm. <laughs> it could be likely as in like it maybe yeah maybe <laughs> it's not it's not like stupid <laughs> to assume that we might be the only no no but like it's not like it's not a crazy thing to suggest that we might be the the most intelligent life that exists i mean you bigged it up as being like pretty much pretty much known to be true but it's a maybe it's it fucking could be i don't know kind of but maybe it's big maybe maybe <laughs> for me is good enough because you would assume in the trillions of galaxies and planets and it would be guaranteed that there would be another species that done it but the fact that maybe it's only us in that infinite vastness of space is pretty crazy the thing is Maybe I'll marry, you know, Jennifer Aniston. I won't, but maybe. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> no, I no, because there's no rational deduction that you can. Yeah, we're, use we're both to humans. Get to that point. We're both humans. I'm into women. She's into men. It could happen. It won't. But maybe. No. Just, just shush. Right. The fact that Neil Armstrong was the first person on the moon is the greatest piece of exploration ever. Like, it is just the greatest, the single greatest piece of exploration ever in history. Don't fucking at me with your just, you know, it's just a rock bullshit. See the last 10 minutes of chat. But back to the moon. Armstrong spent around two and a half hours on the moon when he when he went there. And he collected samples, he fucking walked about, he did, like, jumping around, he put the fucking flag in the thing, he's doing all space jumps and, like, chatting around. They even rang up old Dickie Nixon and gave him a chat from the fucking moon. Hey, what's going on, boy? Guess, guess where we are? We're at the pub, now we're on the fucking moon, mate. <laughs> That's mad. That's absolutely crazy. And... After this monumental and unprecedented piece of exploration, they were then faced with the daunting and completely unknown task, getting home. And this task initially proved very tricky. Hmm. Obviously, this was very uncharted territory. It's never been done before. And although they've had all the training there, fucking astronauts and astrophysicists and everything else, it's still a massive new step to take. You don't know if it's going to work. And in fact, when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin re-entered the lunar module, 
they noticed that because their suits were so big and bulky, they'd actually broken the ignition switch for the engine that was supposed to get them home. And so they were like, huh, what do we do? But luckily, they're smart cookies, and Neil Armstrong's a great explorer and a smart man. They took apart a pen and used a piece of that to push the circuit breaker to manually light the engine so that they could then fly home, which is really fucking cool and something I didn't know. And they arrive back to Earth to an absolute hero's welcome. Uh, there's a really cool picture of them speaking to Richard Nixon while they're in this like cage, effectively, in their little 18-day quarantine. Because believe it or not, they were terrified of, of moon germs. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. called it moon germs. They really didn't want to get moon aids, even though pretty sure you can't. There probably wouldn't be any bacteria on the moon or moon aids anyway, but they were worried about it. And they then... Yeah, that's it. They came home to an absolutely incredible hero as welcome, the first fucking man on the moon. And as I've already said, this is one of, if not the biggest moment in human history on a cosmic level. So, of course, it's going to be the greatest piece of exploration ever. Like, it just, it is the greatest single piece of exploration ever when you hear me talk about unfamiliar places, all of this. Chris Columbus, you know, couldn't fucking lace the spacesuit of Neil Armstrong. He's a dud. In the art of, in the eyes of explorers, really, and Neil will forever, forever and ever and ever, always be the first person ever to walk on the moon, making him the greatest explorer of all time. Time, very nice, very, very, very on point. That thing you were saying about them potentially being stuck on the moon was. I've, I, I watched a Vsauce video on this a while back and he talked mm. about how Richard Nixon, because that was a very real possibility even before going. Yeah, I they think they all know they, how it's going to go. Yeah, I think yeah. Even they were like, yeah, we could die, but we're just going to do it because this is this is like, yeah, one this giant leap for mankind and they want to be a part of it. But They were pretty certain they could get there and land, but they, they were like, the getting back thing is definitely the hardest thing yeah. because it's something you cannot simulate whatsoever. It's just yeah. going to be a fucking shot it's in like, the dark. It's like climbing up a mountain. Mm. It's like climbing down is a hell of a lot harder. You know. Yeah, you know you can get up there mm. and you can like camp up there, but then you're like, can I actually get back down that thing? Yeah. But, but Rich Nixon, who was the president at the time, um, actually wrote two speeches for when that whole thing happened, you know, them landing on the moon. Really? One for yeah. the one he read out was saying like, this is like the biggest, you know, leap forward for, for everyone on earth. And yeah. we're so proud of, you know, our boys. And another one which talked about how, like, they're really proud of what they did, but it's really unfortunate that they couldn't come back. And it's like this mm. whole thing about, like, them being stuck on the moon because they had to, they, they had really that. Off, they, they, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they had that in mind, which is, it's pretty crazy to think that he could have, yeah, read, read out, you know, Neil Armstrong's, like, eulogy. Obituary. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's... Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Being stuck and the thing on is, the like, moon, I know you, stuck on the moon. Stuck like, on the moon fucking sucks. You're, <laughs> you're not Guaranteed going anywhere. Yeah, that's it. The furthest away a human has ever been, ever, ever. And like, that's yeah. it. You're so far away yeah. from civilization. It's crazy. Good shout. I, I know people always say like, oh, you know, oh, it's the greatest moment in human history. Oh, but what did it actually do? What did it achieve? I think it's. 
yeah, it didn't achieve anything in the real sense of like, now humans can do this or do that or do this. It's not like a practical thing. It's more of an achievement yeah. for a species. And all those yeah. points, like I said, to be a species that leaves their planet and goes to another planet on a cosmic scale can't be beat. And I, it'll only ever be done once. I don't think a great explorer necessarily has to have d gotten anything practical out of like their tangible. exploration i think mm. just the art of it being the furthest anyone has ever been from civilization and being on that giant rock that has floated in the sky mm. and there's been like millions of songs and poems and books written about this strange object in the side to actually stand on that i think is all it needs really it's it's it speaks for itself i feel yeah yeah, yeah i have a I agree. quick great pick. point that I was just gonna just just. If you say it's fake, I'm gonna fucking mention. punch you in the face through the screen. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's fake at all. I think it is, in my opinion. You can quote me on this, and if it comes back to bite me in the ass at the end, I don't care. Landing on the moon, getting man on the moon, is by far and away humanity's most impressive achievement, without a shadow of a doubt. My point would be that I would say Neil Armstrong was the focal point of an enormous effort to get man on the moon. It sounds harsh. Obviously, he did do the standing and the landing and the and the getting off. There you go. You've just answered your own question you're about to ask, I'm afraid. Well, no, I haven't. You have. But he wasn't the driving force behind getting there. Like, if he hadn't have done it, someone else would. And for me, what makes someone an explorer is the fact that they themselves set that goal and made it whereas if he'd been sick that day they would have just sent another guy who would have done exactly the same thing like he he i know it sounds really harsh and i'm only saying this because you know it's my job to back my own point but he is in that sense fulfilling the role of a sounds harsh but a glorified lab rat well he is just a guy who goes up in a thing he didn't fly the rocket he didn't aim it he did that he did land the done. lunar module he landed the module, but he didn't... It's not like he flew all the way. He wasn't, like, checking his wing They pointed out the moon, put him in it, and went bang. Yeah. Until you get to the last, like, 15 feet. No, 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 not 15 feet. You could do feet. that with a snail. No, no, in orbit, he, la he disconnected the lunar module and manually flew it to the fucking moon. But if he hadn't have done that, someone else would. Like, but he that, didn't... that's I'm just irrelevant. That it's, he he, it makes him the greatest explorer because... Yes, because exploration is defined as the act of exploring an unfamiliar area. I think he definitely explored he it. He committed the act of exploring that unfamiliar area. And he. What I think he was more influential in the programme than you think because... Let's, I was having this conversation with Jen. Like, they. let's not forget, they're not just pilots. An astronaut is not just a bloke. You don't just... He's like a race car driver who doesn't build the car, doesn't know how the car works. He just sits in it and pushes the pedals and steers. They helped design and build and... what They had to know the fucking ins and outs of that rocket to the nth degree so that they could do shit like, we broke the switch. How do we fix it? I don't know. I just know how to fly it, mate. No, they knew how everything was built. They knew where every electrical wire was, every component, so that they could go, right, get a fucking pen, open this shit up, shove it in this thing here, do this little... Like they're physicists and scientists and astronaut. Like an astronaut is a massive multitude of skills. They're extremely well trained. All astronauts and Neil Armstrong definitely was no um, 
was not he was the exception. one of the top astronauts. He yeah. was on the Gemini program, an extremely the early Apollo intelligent, program. extremely learned man, an extremely like prepared man. Like it's the physical as well as the mental side of doing something like that is insane. Especially because yeah. how much money has gone into it, the pressure of fucking landing that, you know, um, lunar whatever the hell you call it. Uh, on the lunar module, the lunar yeah. module on the moon, I think is yeah, yeah uh, well, in this case, it made diamonds, I think. But I see, I see what you say, you're saying, Seb. I see what you're saying because it's it's a conglomerate. I it's it's the the whole of the U.S. It's a big part put putting like the government putting all their resources into it. And if Neil was sick on the day, there'd be another person to they they would have buzz, sent somewhere else. But the thing is, they there, didn't. Yeah. And who? Who did the exploring? Who did the first exploring of the moon? Not not everything else. Who did the actual exploration of the moon first? Neil Armstrong. I think we should uh, move on because uh, we are 45 minutes into this. Um, I think that lands us nicely into the middle section where I've got a quiz. So this is going to be a little bit different from the regular quizzes, uh, maybe. It's... Essentially a geography quiz, because, you know, with, with, with the act of exploring is a lot of going all mm-hmm. the way around, you know, the world and all the crevices, all the countries, all the new nations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, essentially I've got a geography quiz. Uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do, how, how, how this is going to work, I've got, I'll have a country in mind and then you'll each take mm-hmm. it in turns mm-hmm. saying a yes or no question until no, 20 questions what country essentially 20 of? questions what country am i yeah. thinking right. of um if if you say a question and you you know the answer you can just say the answer if it you know okay if if you've just said the question is in like if it's on your kind of turn on my turn so if i say is it like close to this place and you say yes and i go and, yeah, and you know it is I and you know it's france, france yeah. then yeah you yeah. You, okay. you can make a guess yeah okay. yeah okay so Morky went first so sebek the quiz you can go first mm-hmm. give me yeah First question. Um, is it in Europe? Yes. Mork. Is it in Europe? Is the currency the euro? Yes. Oh, shit. I was hoping it would be the reverse and narrow it down massively. <laughs> is it Do fucking England? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, go on, Do, Do they speak a Germanic language? I would say no. Okay. Is there a mountain range in this country? Um, is there a mountain range in this country? Yes. Okay. Okay. Was this country at any point within the Soviet Union? No. No. Okay. There is a mountain range. So that. So. Has this country ever had a major empire? No. That was a great question. Does this country have a water border, like a sea border? Yes. That's what I was going to ask, but a lot of them have. Mm. Did this country ever have Vikings? Are they like a lot of Europe? All right, hang on. A lot of Europe had Vikings. Did this country like invent Vikings? Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. Norway? No. I'm pretty sure Norway had Vikings. Yeah, I know they did, but I was like, did they invent it? Probably they were the ones. Did they that invent did. Vikings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go on, Sebek. Hmm. Does this country have a pastry named after it? 
No. Uh, I'm just trying to think about it. Has this country ever won the Euros football men's no. tournament? No. No. It's not, it's not with that country then because they fucking did somehow. Are their women's football team ranked within the top three? You don't know the answer to that. You don't know Beth means XG for last season. <laughs> I'm just going to say no. Top three, no. Is the use of it certain illegal stump substances, which is illegal in this country, legal in their country? God, what the fuck is that like question? marijuana? Can you? Can, um, are there prostitutes there readily available? This is like quite a heavy, hefty question. <laughs> There's lots of facets to this question. I can't, it's not a yes or no answer. I can't. No, <laughs> I'm not going to answer. Is that. it the Netherlands? Uh, no. Bugger. Bugger. Does the flag have white on it? Yes. Is it Finland? It is Finland. Ding, 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 ding. Fucker. Are you nice. looking up all the flags, Seb? Have you got all the flags in front of you? I know the Finnish flag is uh, white with a blue cross on it. And yeah. I know that the Swedish national women's team are in the top three. Okay, I've got another one. This is a tough quiz, man. There's a lot of fucking countries in the world. Yeah, I tried to... I'm pretty... I, I picked ones that you guys have definitely heard of. I'm just going to put it out there. They're not, not like, like Mauritius. <laughs> Yeah, or like Mauritania, yeah. or like, yeah, the Sicily Isles, whatever the fuck it's called. So, yeah. Is it in the Northern Hemisphere? No. Okay, Southern. It could be Central Hemisphere. <laughs> the Central Hemisphere. Like Ecuador, they're on the, the equator. <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> no. How does that work? No, no country is like perfectly on the equator. <laughs> so. Is it in South America? Yes. Ooh, okay. Has this country won the World Cup? No. Oh, that's knocked off three. <laughs> that's <laughs> three knocked like off the... three. But still, three three biggies. There's like 13 countries in South America as well, so that's <laughs> that's a lot knocked off for that one. Yeah. Has someone from this country ever appeared on this podcast? <laughs> yes. Is it Chile? Yes! Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> oh, there it I was going to ask, does the Andes run through this country and I would have gone with Chile? Andes, what, the twins? Huh? Um, Sevec. I've got another country. Mm-hmm. Give me a question. Is it north of the equator? Uh, yes, it's north of the equator. Hmm. Is it sandy? <laughs> uh, Yes. <laughs> Why is that a stupid question, Seb? Because well, the whole country's not really sandy, is it? Well, Egypt, sandy. China, not sandy. I think there are deserts in China. Uh, yeah, I know, but for the most part, like, you, you don't... There's fucking sand in England on the beaches. You don't say England is a bit sandy. Like, is it sandy? It's a bit of, like, it's a, bit of a shit I mean? question. I will, I will say it's a bit of a shit question, but yes, it is sandy. It's a good question. <laughs> People relate sand to that country. Okay, I know what I'm, I know what I'm talking now. All right, uh, that's really helpful. <laughs> is there um, sort of... Mo what's the word? Like their national language? Is their national language Arabic? Yes. Hmm... Sandy Arabic. That doesn't actually narrow it down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is this country in Africa? Yes. Is it Egypt? Ding, 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 ding. Walks on the board. I fucking told you Sandy was a good uh, good question. Egypt's bare, Sandy, mate. They got the, the, the fucking thing is, Yeah, the thing is, if you, didn't, if you didn't say, like, Egypt or, like, Morocco or Tunisia or something, or, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, like, China has deserts, but, like... 
Is it a sandy country? No. No, I guess. It's no, what the it's fuck not. means a sandy country? Yeah, it's like Egypt yeah. is a sandy country. Right. Fourth 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 country. Okay. Uh whose first is Umork? Is it in the northern hemisphere? Yes. Okay. Is it in Europe? No. Is it in Asia? Yes. Is it Kazakhstan? No. Damn. Was this country ever part of the Soviet Union? No. Did Genghis Khan come from this country? No. Not Mongolia then. Damn. Does this country have a population of over 100 million? No. Um, over 100 million. Northern Hemisphere, Asia. Does this country like Hello Kitty? Like, they fucking love it. Like, it's their national symbol. Isn't that just Japan? Answer the question. I'm just going to go with no. Is it South Korea? No. Damn. Does this country like cricket? <laughs> um, they've got a team. <laughs> I don't know if that means they like it or not. They like it enough to have a team. I think, I think Seb's thinking India. No, you can't be thinking India because it's got to be less than 100 million. Thinking You're thinking West Indies. Is it Pakistan? No. Ooh, thinking Pakistan. Um... Not South Korea. It's not North. It's not fucking North Korea, is it? Is that your question? Yeah, his question is: It's not fucking North Korea, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's your question. That's your question. <laughs> what does this country have? A majority Muslim population? No. Now that is interesting. That rules out a lover like large lump. Does this country have big mountains? Yes. It's not Nepal, is it? Is it Nepal? It is not Nepal. That was a that was a great shout, Nepal. They got great big shout. ass mountains in Nepal, mate. <laughs> they got the biggest ass <laughs> they mountain, got mate. Big uh, fucking mountains. Um, are the majority of the population ethnically white? No. Vietnam. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> He's yes! got it. Nice, <laughs> Just a stab nice, in the dark. <laughs> wow, two apiece, boys. Two apiece. Fucking hell. This is a very tough quiz. Think of a think of a country. <laughs> you guys are getting it though. You- I was jokingly going to ask, was this country ever invaded by America? But because I thought it was in the Middle East, uh, and that would have been really helpful. But I just, uh, I just didn't yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. Like once we knocked off the Middle East, I was like, oh, I guess not. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. When you asked if it was like Soviet, I was like, did he, does he know it's Vietnam? Because I was thinking like you might yeah. have thought that it was Soviet, but that it, it was just communist, not Soviet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should have, I should have said if they, did they have a communist? Anyway. It, yeah, we live and learn. You're at two apiece. We live and learn. Two apiece, and there's one last question. Okay, the decider. Go for it, Seb. If you were looking at a traditional English map, would they be on the east? Traditional English map? Um, like, like, like the world you know, map like you see in school. Our map has Britain in the middle, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't all maps have that, or is it just because... No, America from... has no. The Amer- America in the middle. God, that's weird. And, like, Russia, like, cut off half of it. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Are you saying, is it east... Is it... Sorry, you... what was your question? Is it east of us? Would you describe it as the east? Uh, no. Greenland. 
That was a shot in the dark. No. <laughs> well, that's a big fucking country that's next to us and not in America. Is it in Europe? Yes. Iceland. <laughs> no. Step <laughs> back. Ask real questions. You said, it's just... in, you said it's west of England. All of Europe is surely east of England. No, I said, is it in the east? Like, is it, is it in, like, Russia, China, Japan? Like, we're the west, they're the east. That's, like, a cultural thing. Right, so not actually the east as you look at a map. That's why I was no, asking about no, the map no. thing. That's Yeah, you, I'm not fucking stupid for saying that. You literally just meant eastern countries as a cultural thing. Do they speak a Latin language? I'm going to go with yes. I think 90% of Europe speaks Latin language, yeah. Nah, not 90%, because loads of them speak Germanic. Which is which is a Latin descent, isn't it? No, it's Germanic. No? Oh, right. Uh, Spain? <laughs> no. <laughs> on, ask, you can ask questions, like colours of the flag. Oh, no, like, I, is it I, hot I, there? I, you guys haven't talked about the climate at all. Hot, cold, that would have been a good question. Since is it sandy, I've just dro- I've just forgotten all the like narrowing down questions, like those really is intricate ones. <laughs> Wait, that helped me. Go on, boys. Is this country's men's football team in the top 10 and ranked by FIFA? Uh, men's FIFA rankings. Yes. Oh, see that? It's narrowed it down. It has. Narrowed it down to 10. Not that you're allowed to fucking Google it, Mork. I'm not going to Google it. I'm just trying to think what the... Do they like spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna answer that. I'm not Come gonna on, answer like... that. I'm not gonna answer that. <laughs> a... Who doesn't like spaghetti? What the no, fuck? Who I'm... doesn't like spaghetti? I know, but like, is spaghetti one of their national dishes? <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> You're just asking if it's Italy. Yeah. You need to narrow it down. No, Where's does the one theater thing. in that? Where's the theatre? We just go Italy. If I say, do they like spaghetti? And then he's like, yeah. And I'm like, Italy. No, ask there's... a real question that narrows it down to like two or three or something like that. Okay. Not just okay. It's so specific to this one thing. No one else has it. <laughs> ask a real question. <laughs> Is it... Was Hitler from that? <laughs> oh, Is yeah. it <laughs> Yeah, like when you said no. about Genghis Khan, like, you might as well just answered, is it Mongolia? What? Why even dab the, the bells the and whistles? thinking about the theatre of the thing. Um, <laughs> What's the theatre of this, or what do you mean? Do they like <laughs> <laughs> Does Mario live there? <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> boys, boys. Uh, Mario okay. doesn't even live in Italy. Boys. Okay, um... Does it border Spain? No. Is their tallest mountain taller than our tallest mountain? Is their tallest? God. Um... So yes, no answer, you know? Just, yeah, I just need to look up these mountain, mountain heights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like, I, I don't know off the top of my head funnily enough. Um... Doesn't even know if this country likes spaghetti or not. No. <laughs> It's not right. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. Top ten FIFA rankings. Latin. Is it Belgium? Nope. Latin derivatives are not Germanic. Top ten FIFA rankings don't border Spain, so that rules out Portugal and France. Is it fucking England? Ding 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 ding. Fuck <laughs> <Yes>. you. <laughs>
do they like spaghetti? No. <laughs> also, that that question, I can see how you got a bit flummoxed by is their tallest mountain yeah. taller than our tallest yeah. mountain? Because their tallest mountain. You sold that very well. You fucker with the east thing. You fucker with the east thing. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, we like east of us. I was like, no. <laughs> England isn't east of England, I think. <laughs> Damn it. All right, okay. Yeah, well, I'm happy that I won. And you know yeah, what? Yeah, you pull it back. Questions like, is it sandy? Do they like spaghetti? I think they're good questions. I'm just That's saying. a terrible question. I'm just going to say... Not 100% of a population likes spaghetti. That doesn't. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I meant like national. Like when I said, does Japan like Hello Kitty? Like Hello Kitty is synonymous with Japan as a culture. It's like their biggest media icon. So you should have just said, icon. is it Japan? Why? Yeah, what's know, the bells and whistles of all the theater? Stop saying the theater. What is this word you're using? <laughs> is this in a play Make or whatever? Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake! Right, I'm I'm sick of hearing your voice. I want to hear okay. someone else's voice on. Fair enough. Who? So Sebek, who do you think is the greatest explorer? Oh fucking hell! I've fucking forgotten. Um, <laughs> Done into a geography quiz for like the last twenty minutes. <laughs> it was good fun, and also I like that because I feel like people can play along at home. Yeah, like, they'll be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Does it like? Does it like spaghetti? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're all screaming at their phones. Do they like spaghetti? <laughs> this is what happens when I do... When I go first with all my intelligence shit, I get it all out of the way and then I just go silly. <laughs> I've got so many notes on this. I'm going to have to rapid fire this. you got 15 minutes. So, yeah. Explorers. What makes a good one? Make, what makes one the best? Well, I should point out that I did exactly the same thing, Michael, which is I just was like, a lot of these guys are just pricks. Like, they're just rich boys with boats who just went like, oh, I'm going to go over there. And then everyone's like, oh, you found that thing. Well, you can't really find it if someone was already there, can you? Like, if I was like, oh, I'm the first person to discover the cafe down the road and there's a load of people already there, you'd be like, wow, you weren't the first person to discover it, mm. were you? So I sort of had to narrow it down. And then Vinny, I spoke to Vinny because I, you know, I've had a couple of slips recently trying to think too outside the box. So I wanted to get, I wanted to know yeah, what my goalposts I, I, were. I, I, I specifically was like, I really hope you don't pick something that's, I just don't think is an explorer this time. Like I, I was what, exactly. scared you were going to do it again. Yeah. So we had a little chat. And also I had a chat, I'll come around to, but I also had a chat with Luz who said something very similar, where she was like, just don't let yourself down again. Just pick someone, just pick a proper answer. Oh, so does it. that mean that Luz agrees no. with us that like Jaws 4 was a bad take and like The Hobbit's not a remake? Or should we not get into that? No, we, we specifically not. genuinely had a legitimate argument about The Hobbit thing. Me and Luz. <laughs> no anyway, way. Do you still um, believe that, by the way? But anyway, carry on. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I was, anyway, <laughs> look. Um, look. <laughs> I also then started having a look and like a lot of them, even the ones who had been somewhere that no one's been before, a lot of them just sort of bumble around and just sort of end up somewhere. Right. Like they don't aim for it. That it's not like a it's not like a specific, like I want to go to this place. Like I want to go to the moon. I'm going to the fucking moon. You get to the moon. That's like a, you, you chose that path. And then the last thing that really stuck with me was you had to, to be an explorer, you had to 
lead the expedition and you had to get there via your own means, your own tenacity, your own vision. You can't just be some posh bloke who's been hard carried by a bunch of locals to the top of Eris and then just go like, bloody hell, I've made it. <laughs> like, that's not the same thing. You're not an explorer. Like, that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, they just needed to have a bit of that je ne sais quoi you know that like that thing that you think of when you think of an explorer the kind of the grit the determination the mentality the kind of the razzmatazz that's what makes yeah that thing that makes an explorer great we're like fucking hell they're pretty hardcore the indiana jones yeah exactly kind of mm. the, the kind of razzmatazz you haven't picked indiana jones have you i've not picked indiana jones thank fuck my only joke answer that I was going to give was the first man to find a female orgasm, but then I realised no one's ever done it. So I was like, oh, oh, that's hey, a good shot. Yeah. You blokes, please your women, blokes. <laughs> Get fucked, um, <laughs> But the trouble is, is I came up with all these qualifiers and I started looking, I was like, I can't find anyone who ticks all these boxes. Like, they were all just like rich wankers who bought a boat and like got a billion... Like sailors to just like sail them somewhere, and I'm like, look, I found America. There's someone. No, the, um, the Americans that are already there are already there. <laughs> um, so then, I had the genius stroke of asking my girlfriend Lucy, mm. and she literally, I was like, I was just like mentioned, I was like, I got all these things, I'm really struggling to find someone. Go downstairs, come back up, and she's like, I found this guy, and I was like, all right, tell me about him. She told me about him, and I was like. Perfect. We should get her on the show. And I started looking into it. Get her on the show. Yeah. We should. I've long said <laughs> What this. did she think about The Hobbit? Was it a remake from her point of view? No. <laughs> Let's not get her on. About... Please, please. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to bring up that again. <laughs> um, and I just want to say, this person is one of the most interesting people I've had the pleasure of writing about for this show. Like, genuinely incredible. The person I've picked is a man named Roald Amundsen. There is so much to love about this guy but what i think makes him such an amazing person such an amazing explorer is everything that made him so good at what he did was in his head it was about his mentality and his drive and just his ability to explore the places he explored he was second to none so he was born in norway in 1872 he came from a maritime family his dad um his dad was a captain of a ship and a ship owner um, and his family were all ship owners and he was brought up on the water. Then his dad died and his mum said, you got to promise me you're not going to do any water-based activities. You're going to become a doctor. And he was like, all right, I'll become a doctor. And he committed that right up until his mum died. And then he was like, fuck this shit I'm out. I'm going to go be an explorer. Um, <laughs> because Fair play. he always wanted to be an explorer, but he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to upset his mum. And his mum died. He's like, well, I'm just going to fucking no, do nothing it. Nothing can Tough stop shit. him, yeah. So he pretty much immediately lands himself a gig as the first mate, aka the second in command, on the Belgian Arctic Expedition, which is seen as the first of the pioneering great age of Arctic exploration or polar exploration. It's the first attempt at that. And it's really what's mad about this is at this point he's 25. He's not he's not like a man in his 30s mm. or 40s. He's 25 and that gives you an indication of the kind of respect people give him because he's not a rich boy who's got himself a boat and a crew and paid for it all off his back. He's been employed by a nationally funded expedition to be the second in command at 25, which is pretty fucking wild. Like, it's a serious job. He's not just there to say he's done it. Like, he is a big part of this expedition. And the general aim is, like, no one's ever been up 
to the Arctic before, like in a boat. No one's ever mm. done it, like in a proper sailing ship. Well, what about the fucking Inuits, mate? They don't have sailing ships. Yeah, but they live there. They do live there, but they've never been to the North Pole. Well, they do live at the North Pole. What about Santa Claus? They don't live on the North Pole. They actually... So, anyway... Where do, what, Inuits live on, like, in, like, Greenland, don't they? Yeah, they don't... They actually don't live that deep into the Arctic Yeah, I'm, I, like. I know that they don't, but, I mean, Santa Claus... Anyway, this isn't <laughs> what he explored. This isn't... This is just background. He goes up there, and basically their idea is just sort of go about, have a go. Like, no one's ever done it before. No one's taken a sailing ship up into the ice like that before. Mm. And it turns out no one's taken a sailing ship up into the ice for good reason because they go up in the summer, it's all gravy, they're sailing about, having a look at stuff. Winter comes in, what happens? Classic thing, the boat fucking freezes. Yeah. Everything stops, they can't go anywhere. And this is where he really comes into his own because this is where Amundsen shows his absolute metal. And he, as a 25-year-old young man, decides to be the driving force behind the survival of this expedition. Hmm. And what I think is so impressive about this is like, I don't mean to fire shots at you, Mork, but to me, going up to the moon, four days there, four days back, it's hard. I'm not saying it's not scary. I'm not saying it's not difficult, but it is over in a week. He was in the frigid freezing arctic space is colder for yeah but they've got all the suit like the 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 fucking things air conditioned they're not out in it they're not like fucking yomping about space is colder. anyway he's out there in that frigid freezing cold for a year and immediately the whole crew just start falling apart like everyone's freaking out they can't get home no one was expecting to be away from home this this long Mm. they've got no food they've got no supplies and he's like right we just got to get out of this. Like, we've just got to do it. So basically, entirely thanks to him and the ship's doctor. So the ship's doctor says, right, everyone's going to die if we don't get enough vitamins because all we've got is, like, fucking shit biscuits and dry bread. Mm. We need to eat offal, which is, like, guts of animals. And so Roald Amundsen and this doctor just start going out every day. They're just fucking killing seals and wolves, and he's out there like a big fucking scary bear man just killing shit and he him and this guy basically single-handedly get this expedition through till spring where the ice thaws and they get up on home and they're like jesus christ that was fucking close and everyone's like we should never do that again and he's like i'm gonna do it again and this i think is the thing that makes roald amundsen probably one of the great explorers in my opinion is that what he does is he learns from his previous expeditions. He is a machine at adapting and overcoming problems. So his next expedition is to be the first person ever to sail the Northwest Passage. Now, that sounds quite boring, and I didn't really know what it was. And to be honest with you, at first, I didn't really care. I Googled what it is, and it is genuinely, at the time, they thought it was going to be really important. It turned out not to be for some very obvious reasons looking back. The Northwest Passage is a passage of water that goes over the top of Canada and connects the Atlantic to the Pacific. So you could get to America by going over the top, right. not 
around the bottom and before the suez canal was built that was a very value very very valuable prospect to be able to do that Mm. however because it's fucking freezing and the sea keeps freezing over it's really dangerous but he learns from his mistakes and he goes right well i'm not going to take a massive boat big old ass sailing ship like we tried the first time we're going to take a small fishing ship with six guys on it so you've gone from an expedition with like 50 guys to six and he's like and it works it's genius because what it means is he can hug the coast because he's not he doesn't have to take this boat out into really deep water he doesn't need to be worried about getting scuttled he he can also weave in and out of ice flows and stuff like that because this boat is nimble he also fits it with a diesel engine rather than trying to do it by sail which at the time was slower but much more reliable and he didn't have to worry about the wind and they start chugging their way through along the way this is when he becomes the man that he becomes because along the way he starts to see this rather than just a test of whether he can do it he believes he can do it but he sees it as an opportunity to learn and become an even better explorer so he starts pulling in uh, inuit settlements along the way and he he basically says to them he becomes close with them and says i want to learn everything you know about surviving in this climate and that sounds ridiculous but at the time that was crazy because everyone really everyone just looked at them as like a bunch of savages who didn't know what they were talking about and just like and and, really? and they literally yeah and it changes the it changes arctic exploration his his contact with the inuit people and actually taking on board what they had to say changes polar exploration forever because he goes and sees them and he immediately notices two things firstly they don't use horses and they don't use boats. They use dogs and sleighs. Mm. And secondly, they don't wear cotton or wool. They wear, they wear animal fur. And these two discoveries, as well as a whole litany of other small survival things, you know, like how to fish and all that. But yeah. those were the two big things that they teach him. And he immediately, they dump everything on the boat that they brought with them. Like all of the clothes and all of the shit that they've been given. And they basically just resupply with Inuit provisions, like Inuit clothes, Inuit survival stuff, because they're like, well, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. And as a result, the travel through the Northwest Passage, it's not that bad. He makes it. Mm. Oh. It takes him about a year, but he does it because he's able to learn and look at what these people are doing. Yeah. And this becomes the crowning achievement of the newly formed independent norway which was previously owned by other countries it's now an independent nation he's like the first person to do this thing he's actually on the expedition when norway gains its independence which is kind of wild and then he emails the king he doesn't email him he sends him like a telegram and he's like look mate we've fucking done this thing the king's buzzing and i think that alone would be a very impressive feat but that's not what he's known for because what he's known for is he gets home and he's like i'm just a pure fucking g i'm i ain't never stopping and he's like, right, what's something no one's ever done? And he drops a fucking rap track. A hundred years before rap was invented. I'm a pure fucking G. I was about to say, you got like three minutes left and you're like, right, but that's not actually why he's good. And then you go on to say, but he's good because he's an absolute G when he gets home. <laughs> no, it's not what? his crowning achievement. It's not his crowning achievement. So basically, he pretty quickly decides, right, I want to do something that no one's ever done before. Because like you said, mm. the Inuit people are on that ice flow that he's fucking dicking about. That's what he's I was going to say. He's not actually He's like, that. I need to do something that mm. is game changing. Okay. So he goes, right, okay. North Pole. I'm going to go to the North Pole. Right. Fucking easy said, easy done. 
he starts planning this trip he gets all the funds he gets the boat he's like getting like he gets, he's asked newspapers to sponsor him and all this stuff and then some fucking americans say they've done it now it would later turn out that they might not have done they might have lied but he doesn't know that so he's got the boat and all the geezers and all his mates and they're like shit right we're gonna do south pole and everyone's like what He's like, we're just going to do South Pole. We just got to do South Pole. And instead, we're just going to go to South Pole and do the South Pole. And I was like, you can't just do the South Pole. That's a completely different kettle of fish. And he's like, no, I'm just going to do it. So he just takes the boat and just sails south. They, instead of going north, they sail all the way south. And the South Pole is so much more dangerous mm. because unlike the North Pole, which is surrounded by Russia and Canada and Iceland and Greenland and all those things, the closest landmass to the South Pole is New Zealand. And New Zealand is pretty fucking warm. South Pole is fucking freezing. So wow. there's a pretty big gap between those two things. You are just yeah. on an ice on an icy tundra I thought, like, with the, nothing. The, bo- the bottom of Argentina was closer. I might be, I don't fucking know. But it's miles away. I think it's way closer because that's really cold. Yeah, yeah, that's really cold. <laughs> but the point is they're fucking miles yeah, from yeah, any they civilization. Are far, like yeah. they they are they are Further thousands away, of miles yeah. from anything. Yeah, and on a yeah, big yeah. icy block with nothing. There is no settlements. There's no Inuits. There's no one. Oh yeah, I guess without the settlements and Inuits, it would be less dangerous, uh, more dangerous. True. Yeah, because there's no one there. So to put this into perspective, until expeditions had started going, no one had been to the South Pole at all. Mm. And then he's like, in the same time frame, he's like, "Well, we're just going to get to the middle, mm. but not just get to the landmass. We're going to get to the South Pole." Yeah. So he goes down there. When he gets there, there's like ten other countries have already launched expeditions to do it, including a, an English expedition run by this guy called R. F. Scott, who spent years doing all these calculations. He's done like he's been sending up weather balloons. They've been calculating the summers and the winters and all this shit. He gets there. Fucking RF Scott's literally leaving the same day as him. And he's like, right, we just got to fucking go. We've got no prep. We don't know what we're doing. We're just fucking going for it. We're just going for the South Pole. Like, we just, we know what we do. We do what we do well. We're Arctic explorers. I'm the best Arctic explorer that's ever lived. I've got all this information that these guys don't have. We're just going to fucking go. And then it turns out that the British expedition is going, their idea is like, they're right. There was this previous British expedition that nearly got to the North Pole, no, the South Pole, and then everyone died. And they're like, if we go that way, but we just push a bit harder, we'll make it. And he's <laughs> Brilliant like... Brilliant plan. I don't know if that sounds like a good plan, actually. And they're like, no, no, no. It's great. So he turns up with all his dogs, and they're like, what are you doing with dogs and sleighs, mate? They've got fucking ponies. So the Brits ride as far as they can on ponies, shoot the ponies, and then try and drag everything the rest of the way there. Mm. To put this in perspective, the Brits left before Roald Amundsen right by the time Roald Amundsen had got to the South Pole and back again the Brits hadn't got to the South Pole yet (laughs) they got to the South Pole took a picture got a third of the way home and then all died Roald Amundsen just went there and back in like 31 days he literally just goes gets his dogs goes comes back it's incredible no one's ever done it before he gets home and he's hailed as the greatest Arctic explorer of all time Mm. and in my personal opinion what makes him the greatest explorer of all time is that the context of what he did and when he did it and how many people he had around him to do that. He was a single man effort to lead a team using knowledge and equipment and strategy that he himself had had learned and devised and come up with to go to the most dangerous place on earth, a place where humans can't live. If it drops, it, even in the summer... And this is what killed the Brits. Occasionally, there'll just be a weird one and it'll just drop to like minus 50 and just kill everyone. Mm. 
there's nothing you can do about it. It just happens sometimes. Mm. And he, despite all of that, goes through this unbelievably dangerous process and actually makes it look relatively easy. And why, how has he done that? Because of all of the grit and determination it took him to get there. He did the hard shit. He lived on a boat for fucking a year and nearly died. He fucking went through the Northwest Passage. He lived with Inuits. He did all that stuff. So that when it came to doing the really hard bit, going to the South Pole, a place where people still struggle to get to today, it's considered to be probably one of the most dangerous places that isn't underwater on Earth. On Earth. And he made it look relatively easy. And he did it off his own back with his own grit and his own determination. He was the explorer. Is there any wildlife on the South Pole? There's penguins on the edge, but there's nothing in the middle. Yeah. Mm. There's absolutely nothing in the middle. It's just completely desolate. It's on this thing called the Antarctic Plateau. So you basically, on the edge bit, there's like rocks and shit and like yeah, kind of yeah. relatively normal. But you get up onto the Arctic Plateau and it's literally like, it's just a massive it's just desolate... Ice. Yeah, because the South wasteland. Pole is There's way bigger than you think. It's way bigger than the North Pole. It's enormous. Mm. It's absolutely enormous. Like, I think I could last eight days on a lunar capsule, but if you wanted me to sit on an ice floe for a year in the frigid cold with nothing to eat and no idea when I'm going to get out, I'd go to the moon every fucking day. I literally would. I don't would. think you would if go you to may- the moon. What, if you? So if you had to pick between moon or frigid ice floe for, like, years... I'd go to the moon based on... Well, you know, you said it took 31 days to go to the South Pole, right? Well, that's, that's his crowning that was, achievement. That, that's his crap, but I also don't... Uh, we're not talking about the greatest exploration ex- achievement. We're talking about the great all-round explorer. And, like, the other stuff he did, surviving on that ice floe. Yeah. Navigating the North Pole. I would Passage. rather do that. It, I would rather go to the moon for selfish reasons. What? Learn to be in... You can't... You couldn't go to the moon, not a chance, because you don't know how to fly a spaceship, operate controls, operate a lunar lander, do anything. Imagine getting to the moon, not knowing what button to press, and just being like, I'm stuck. Like, you well, would, yeah, but you'd... No, 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 because you would get there, break the lever like they did, and be like, I'm fucked. How do I get... I can't, you, like... I, I guess my I think you're, you're you thinking this, it's all automatic. This... Like, I think you but think... But you don't have this... Gone. No, but I'm saying you don't have the skills or knowledge to get to the South Pole either. You'd have to learn either way. Yeah. And if I had to learn to be an astronaut and spend eight days on an astronaut, being an astronaut going there and back, or learn to be a polar explorer and spend a year on a frozen ice plane with nothing to eat, I'd definitely do the astronaut. 100%. I think... Every day of the week. I think... See, yeah, we, you said it earlier, This we're not doing greatest exploration like achievement like single achievement we're doing greatest explorer like the, the person that how great they were at exploring so yeah it's quite interesting because like you said he basically it sounds like he lived and breathed ex- exploring well, how how often how say, long was he doing it for he did it his entire life he actually died so he he never married never did anything he just did explore he died at like in his 50s he was flying a plane to try and find another expedition that had got lost in the uh, antarctic and the, he wasn't flying it he was like a passenger and they just never came home they just uh, they think they crashed in the in the in the icc right. so he just did it until it killed him basically yeah. it was just like non-stop so someone who dedicated his life to exploring and you know Reaching the South Pole, I think, is a massive uh, human achievement. Yeah, it's yeah, like no, it is, yeah. it's crazy to get there in 1912 as well. Like when we don't even have like aircraft, really. Like, well, not you know, quite primitive aircraft. I like, don't even have tanks at that point, mm. right? 
Yeah. Um, I also... 1914 no, or 15, I think, was the tanks. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, on the other side of that, it's like... Comparing, like, the Antarctic to the moon, the moon, like I was saying earlier, was this, like, deeply romantic and mystical object that's just always been there. But the Antarctic... I mean, I don't know how long people, like, civilization as a whole has known about the Antarctic and also... It's a pretty barren and wasteland kind of place. Like it's interesting that it's the the southernmost point of the of the Earth, but like the Moon, it's just really hard. Yeah, it's really really hard. I'm, I, I'm I'm not doubting that. I'm absolutely not doubting that. And like it sounds, hmm. I mean, I I I can't say whether one's harder than the other without. You know, I'm I'm fucking going to the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah going to the moon or going to the <laughs> South Pole. Absolutely, no, 1912. I, yeah, I don't fucking know which is. I harder. would say 100 percent as a collective achievement like getting to the moon is harder that's why they didn't do it for another 50 years like, yeah you needed more a harder thing to achieve te- technological advancements to be made before you can even have that conversation i my point is it's not about the achievement it's about the person who did it and i right. i my argument i'll come back to it is it's not like neil armstrong yeah. did an amazing yeah. thing but he wasn't the driving force behind that mission he was the guy who happened to be on the ship that day Whereas Roald Amundsen, he was the reason that all of those things mm. got done. And he, as a human being, was the epitome of an explorer. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, but, I, I, yeah but I can still say that that doesn't not make Neil Armstrong a great explorer. Because, like I said in my, the very opening thing of my thing, exploration is defined as an act of exploring an unfamiliar mm-hmm. place. And Neil Armstrong explored the greatest act of exploring an unfamiliar place any human being has ever done yeah yeah definitely he committed the greatest act of exploration ever but yeah. d- it does that does that make does him, that the, make greatest him the greatest explorer, explorer? That, that's that's that kind of he's gone where no one's been before to the most you know yeah so but what yeah. has he done and after it, that only... other than just talking uh, about how he's been he, on the moon he worked at NASA, helped them a whole bunch after that to complete subsequent missions. Because, like, Seb just thinks he's just a bloke who they just strapped to a rocket and said, right, off your fuck, without knowing what he's doing. He actually does know every every single thing about rockets and space and everything yeah, else. Yeah, he's just... He just then went to be a university professor professing on all that stuff. Yeah, so he, as a human being, despite Seb thinking he's just like a monkey strapped to a rocket with like no brain just like banging symbols he knows how to build spaceships and no, do I'm, all I'm crazy shit thinking, as well i just i just don't think i don't think he can take credit for getting to the moon he can say he's I, the first I don't, one to yeah do he not, can't necessarily take credit for getting to the moon but no none of those people who can take the credit for getting man to the moon none of those people can take credit for exploring the moon they didn't jump around on the moon and pick up moon rocks for the first time ever and they, they would jumped be the around only and first time they, ever they, to they, do they, that they, they might have jumped around and picked up you know antarctic ice rocks that might have been quite a fun you know play golf you know that do all yeah. that that fun I stuff drops a hammer and a fucking <laughs> feather and yeah. they just fall different it's like, proved oh. all yeah. this mathematics and science and stuff and prove that moon moon aids doesn't exist <laughs> antarctica aids <laughs> yeah 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 God, yeah, that is a good question because I was trying to think back to my opening statement talking about how exploration really is just like the most curious. Curiosity. It's, it's, it's curiosity. Mm. And I was thinking like, yeah, you know, someone who dedicates his entire life to being curious enough to like risk his life to go out into the Antarctic. But then I was thinking, 
I mean, Neil Armstrong was also curious enough to dedicate his life to exploring the stars and stuff. And he, he, yeah, I think he hundred percent risked his life because loads of how many rockets blew up before. No, like I said, Richard Nixon had a speech dedicated to if they would have died, if they couldn't have make it, made it back, and saying like it's unfortunate, but yeah. They're gonna die, in and he could, have, he could have blown up just leaving. He could have blown up on the fucking launch pad because that happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think what Roald Amundsen did, in my eyes, is just more of an act of not just one exploration, but just like a lifetime dedicated to exploration. Like him actually going to these places and actually risking his life just for just to be curious i mean armstrong of course he did it the one time and i think we're all in agreement here that that's the greatest single achievement in exploration but i think someone whose whole life i shouldn't have looked at the character <laughs> you make me laugh now <laughs> i think i think i'm gonna have to award the greatest explorer to roald almondson for that I, I'm I'm honoured. I am so honoured. I, yeah, I agree, and I'm so I like genuinely feel such pride in finding someone because when we started this, I literally messaged Vinny Neil Armstrong. Like, it's yeah. such a good shout, but I just, I just felt in my heart that I could find. So, as soon as I knew you'd picked it, well, I just felt I was like, I can maybe I can find someone better who's done more, and it was. It was a slog. I dedicate this win to Lucy. You know all the help that she gave me finding this this pair. <coughs> Morg, over to you. You know I I hand this back to you with hum- humility. Like it was a great pick. Yeah, fuck you, Seb. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Armstrong is a fantastic pick. Moon. It's, it's such a good pick. I'm just such a good I, pick. all I could come up with. And if it was me, if you were saying he's not an explorer, I'd be fucking screaming. But yeah, I am. I, just, I, I was keeping a cool head when you were like, you know, Armstrong didn't actually do jerk shit. I was just like, you are fucking. I'm not gonna go to the bait. We've had too many arguments on this podcast. I'm gonna be a good boy. <laughs> yeah, right. That was uh, Goat Explorer. Shout outs to uh, Roald Almondson. I've got it up on um, Google. That's I keep having nice. to refer to it every time I look at it. I'm trying to remember it, but um. Yeah, thank you very much for listening to that. And um, we'll see you next week for episode 85, Goat Art Movement. So on the edge of your seats for that one. (laughs) As me versus I'm I'm judging this one, You're judging this one, Mork, so don't you worry. Oh, yeah, I knew the logic behind it, yeah, because... I don't know or give a fuck about art, so it would be good that for makes, me to That judge. makes you the best judge, the fact that you don't give a yeah. fuck about the subject. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can be perfectly impartial. I have no and bias. I can breathe a silent sigh of relief that my girlfriend not only knows about history, but also spent three years at art school. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually... Vinny, just remember that I love MS Paint drawings. <laughs> well, I'm going to pick, like, Ringo Starr and his MS Paint drawing movement. Have you seen his... Oh, mate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Well, yeah, art. Right. Arty and arty cool. next week. Cheers. And uh, without further ado, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.